family. And this podcast is about encouraging you to trust yourself again, especially when it comes to business. It's about self-worth and self-belief, and it's about leaning into our intuition for guidance. I know so many women, including myself, who see business as an opportunity to better the lives of other people while creating one we love. But so many of us get lost in the world of business advice. I believe the impact of our business and our connection to our people is really more determined by our thoughts about ourselves and our energy than it is by our marketing strategy. So if you're tired of trying to do business like everyone else, how about we try doing business differently? Hello! Hello! Hi! Oh, I'm so excited about having this conversation. I am too. I, thank you for having me. Ah, uh, thank you so much for saying yes. I, I'm such a big fan. I was um, in uh, Carrie's membership mm-hmm. uh, like uh, earlier this year, and I watched your masterclass. Mm-hmm. And you just like, it was so new to me. I had already like learned so much about the law of attraction, but I feel like the way that you explain it is so simple and just so clear. And Mm -hmm. I just, I really appreciated it. And then I, I watched your podcast with Carrie and then I was just like, oh my God, everything you say is always just so spot on. And I love like your view about things. And you have such like a personal story around it. And I feel like that's such a good thing when you have firsthand like experience about what you're teaching and that, you know, those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's even better or like complimentary to like getting certified, I guess, is Mm -hmm. like, I don't actually, it doesn't really matter to me, but the the experiences that you have and like we just listen to you and all the things that you say like on your Q and A's and everything is just so well okay so I think that it probably comes from you channeling because mm-hmm. you talk a about lot that it. sometimes yeah. yeah yeah so um do you want me to how do you want me to start do you want should I introduce myself or yeah sure yeah okay sure. okay <laughs> so my name is Susan Ferraro <laughs> And I am, I started off as a a mindset coach. I came out of the fashion industry, very burnt out. And I just wanted, when I came out of the fashion industry, I wanted to go into the online world. I knew that. And I was looking for freedom, but what was really going on was I was, I was still repeating the same pattern. So as I went into the online world and started coaching, I, re- I started off as a health coach and then I went into mindset coaching, which I loved health coaching, not so much. And I loved talking about the law of attraction and mindset and all of the ways that I've created success in the fashion industry. Um, but I was still repeating the patterns that burnt me out, which was why I left the fashion industry in the first place was because I created all of this success, everything that I wanted deliberately, and then realized I didn't want any of it because I had no time or energy to enjoy any of it. So I had everything that I had deliberately created using the law of attraction and mindset was I was miserable. And that led me into the mind going deeper into mindset work and law of attraction, which I already knew a little bit about. And I was, um, 
what I was looking for was, okay, how do I create this and enjoy it? How do I create this and have energy? How do I create this, you know, in a way that's sustainable? Mm-hmm. And that led me on this path, this, what's been, you know, five to six years now of kind of just unraveling, you know, old traumas and old beliefs that would keep me in these patterns that actually felt safer yet I call them the red zone. It's that feast or famine. We, you know, a lot of us can relate to that where you go mm. all in really hard and then you need a lot of recovery time, you know, and mm-hmm. you're, you make a lot of money, but then you have a lot of time and then your money starts to dwindle and it's this back and forth. And I really wanted to break that. And as I was moving along this journey, I hate that word, but moving along this path or this journey, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of miraculous and magical things started happening for me. So there was a lot of inner turmoil as well, lots of self-doubt and, you know, dealing with the traumas and all of that stuff coming up. Um, but as I committed to really just allowing myself to be full, fully self-expressed, that's where that freedom is going to come from. So once I committed to that, <clears throat> things started to unfold to me or for me. And part of that was realizing that I was actually also a psychic medium. And that's what you were just asking me about. So I would, a lot of the work that was coming through me, I like to say, um, was being channeled. And I didn't know this, you know, at the time, and even looking back in my fashion career, you know, the best bag, I was a fashion designer, the best bags, the best apparel that I did, the things that did the best in the industry were always things that came through me, you know, it was quick. It was often easy. Even if it was challenging, there was still a lot of passion and excitement around it versus forcing something because someone wanted to sell a certain item. You know what I mean? There was a big difference. And that's what I started to notice in my work. You know, as I created, I have several uh, programs. And as I was creating those programs, there were times when it was just coming through me and it would just click together, boom, 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 boom. And then there were other times where I would start to get into that red zone pattern. It would feel forced and like effort and hard and drain me. And then I would need a lot of recovery time. And uh, as this was happening, I've always worked with psychic mediums regularly since I was 17. I would have them like once or twice a year. I would have readings, you know, cause I would use it as a tool for manifesting. Cause it would help you with like certainty, you know, and and faith and having faith in what you were creating. And as I started to get into this a little bit more, I started to use them more regularly at certain intervals. And it was through a reading with another psychic medium that my guides, I call them team other side, um, came through and and they were telling her she has the gift. She has Mm. the gift. And I was like, what the fuck's gift? And, (laughs) and uh, she's like, you, you have the ability to do this and they want to show you. And from that moment, things really started to ramp up and unfold for me. And, you know, there was all kinds of little tricks where I would ask for something and they would validate it, you know, and I, my guide showed up in my closet, a static electricity one night there, they kept giving me things to, cause I was like, is this real? Is this real? Is this real? Is this real? I wanted to believe it, but I, I needed proof. I needed validation and they worked with me the whole way, you know, and I also worked with a woman named Lindsay Marino. She's one of the psychic mediums I work with. She has a program on mediumship and she really helps me, um, you know, learn how to connect in this way, like learn how to control it. Basically I was already connecting, but learn how to realize it and control it and use it. So once that happened, that's when, you know, I really started to flow no pun intended, but 
even when I'm teaching or, you know, I, I was learning to follow my inspiration. And that's really at the core of what I teach, where it's about letting go of the rules, letting go of what I call the should do's and the have to's, right? And if right now, if you think about it, when you tell yourself you should do something, how does that feel in your body? I'm asking you. Never feels good. Exactly. It brings yeah. up, if you don't do it, you feel guilty, right? Yeah. And otherwise you're putting on this weight of obligation, right? Mm -hmm. If you tell yourself you have to do something, how does that feel? Yeah, it's not better. Exactly. It's actually worse, I think, yeah. right? So when you tell yourself you should do something, there's still a sliver of a choice. When you tell yourself you have to do something, you've taken away all choice. Yeah. Right. You've taken away your own power. And yeah. so many of us live in should do's and have to's. We mm. live lives of obligation for other people, what we think we should do or be in the world. Right. And mm -hmm. um, at the core of what I teach now is how to go from the red zone to the blue zone is what I call it, where you're actually living in flow. And what that means, it doesn't mean that you're just all willy nilly all over the place. It means that you have your intention, which my intention is always you know, inner peace to be happy and free, right? And if you drill down any intention, it's going to get to a feeling which will eventually get to that feeling of peace and con connection, happiness, freedom, right? So that's always my intention. And then you dance between the masculine and the feminine, right? And I don't mean gender roles, I mean energetically, yeah. right? So the masculine is to assert, to do, right? So when we're behind the computer, or when we're executing on our ideas and taking action, you know, that's the doing. When we're sitting back and we're being, that's the feminine to be more passive, you know, to really stop and smell the roses, to get in touch with your sensuality, to enjoy the process, you know, not just trying to get to the end mark, but actually enjoy what you're doing. Now you're in the feminine. And what I learned is that <clears throat> being in flow which is really just moving with life instead of forcing it to be a different way is much more about being in the feminine than it is in the masculine. So what I do or what I've learned to do, and this is where it gets hard because we come from such a do, do, do society. And we actually look down on feminine energy, passive energy, right. As like, you're lazy or weak, you know, mm -hmm. we make it something bad. So it's very hard for the myself and the women that I work with. It was very hard to let go and mm -hmm. to just be and let yourself relax and have fun. Because that's what's going on when you're in the feminine. You're enjoying life. You're relaxing. You're having fun. But when you do that, you're now getting your energy back. You're recharging your battery. And as you do that and your energy lifts, now you can connect to that inspiration. And when that inspiration strikes that's when you act, right? That's when you slip into the masculine. So yeah. you're acting from a place of wholeness or from oneness versus the ego. When you're in the red zone, you're trying to acquire something from the outside that you can only get from the inside. Mm. So you're trying to get money because you think it'll make you feel safe or free, or you're trying to get people to like you because you think it will fulfill, again, that safety and freedom ultimately. But you're always trying to fill that hole from the outside when it really can only be filled from the inside. So as you do that work inside to outside instead of outside to inside, then you start to, things start to become easier, right? And it doesn't mean it's always easy, but it means that when you make these choices, you'll always feel at ease. 
Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a difference. So sometimes it's scary to act on what you're being inspired to act on. And that could be like starting your own business, you know, mm. or, you know, quitting your job and starting your own business. It could be moving, selling your house. Like I was just working with a woman and she had this pull to sell her house for like the past nine months. And she wasn't acting on it. She wasn't acting on it. She wasn't acting on it. And, you know, out of fear and we all do it, you know, and she would go back and forth, get in her head back and forth, overthink it. Um, but really she just, she knew deep down in her core that she wanted to sell it and move into these cool apartments. And, you know, she had this idea of how she wants to live. And when she finally bit the bullet, the house sold like that. She got over the asking price. And that's what happens when we trust that inspiration. We're really living yeah. from the soul instead of the ego. Make yeah. Sense? Oh yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. oh, it's so funny because like, um, when we were emailing before, uh, like about just like scheduling and everything. And I had like talked about what I wanted us to, to chat about. Mm -hmm. And you'd said like, it always comes down to this. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're just so right. And I feel like that's mm -hmm. also, it's not the same. Cause like you built your own methodology and like you mm -hmm. have all of that. And and at the same time, I feel like I do similar stuff with my own clients mm -hmm. of, and, and I'm correct me like where I'm wrong, but this is what I feel like. This is how I understand it. So let's say we have a woman and she's, she's clear that she doesn't really like where she is right now. Mm -hmm. And she has an idea of what she wants. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but in between, she has these stories about who she has to be or how mm -hmm. hard it has to be or how it needs to happen. And it's the stories that are kind of holding her back from actually getting there. And it has mm -hmm. nothing to do with her or knowing how, but mm -hmm. it's about like working through those and like learning to trust that feeling that's, that comes from her, from inside her. And and that's so hard. I feel like so many women struggle with trusting that it is. And that's really what it comes down to. It's that self-trust was broken and that was broken during our childhood traumas. And a trauma can be something really bad. Like when we think of a trauma, you know, like sexual abuse, severe physical or emotional abuse. Yeah, um, absolutely. But trauma there, it's a spectrum. So mm -hmm. it can be something really what seems insignificant, but really makes a child make a meaning about themselves that then sets off a whole line of patterns. So for example, uh, I once worked with a woman who one of her, I have, I helped my women uncover, um, old repressed memories or suppressed memories to heal their trauma. And, uh, one of the women that I was working with uncovered this memory where she was playing with in a pants rack in a store like yeah. one of those circular racks with all these pants and she was little and she got stuck inside of it. And she, did, <laughs> you know, she couldn't find her mom or whatever. And, and she yeah. was panicked. Like she was alone. She was stuck inside of it. And that was a memory that set off a lot of these patterns that she's mm. unsafe in the world. It's unsafe to trust because when we're little and we're following our inspiration, um, we're born that way. We're born to follow our inspiration, to play yeah. instead of work. And if you look in nature, that's what animals are doing. That's what, you know, our, it's our natural state to do that. And the same thing with trauma in nature, an animal will shake trauma off right away. Mm -hmm. Whereas humans, we hold onto it. We don't complete that stress cycle. 
and that wears on us, right? So when we, when we trust ourselves naturally as children and something happens to make us feel not safe to be ourselves, to trust ourselves, you know, another example is when I was little, I was playing in dirt. I was about four years old and my dad didn't know where I was in the house. I had left, went outside and I was just like right around the corner of the house, just literally playing in the earth. And I, when I uncovered this, I remembered like being so deep in the flow state, like just enjoying myself. And he mm. came up behind me and my dad's like this loud Italian man. And he was like, Susan, get inside or whatever. Just because he was stressed, you know, probably couldn't find me. And, you know, where's this kid or whatever. But his booming voice made me shudder as a child, you know, and my sensitive nervous system, when, when you're in the flow state, you're completely let go, right? Yeah. You're in oneness. So you don't have your guards up. But in that moment, a guard went up and it was like, okay, I'm no longer safe to just trust myself because I thought I was okay to just go out here and play in the dirt. That was one, one meaning I made. Another meaning was this is the person who's supposed to protect me, right? And now it doesn't feel safe. And yeah. what happens so often to us women is when we don't have, and it's not that my dad wasn't, you know, a provider and a protector. It's that I made the meaning that he wasn't. So that flips me into the masculine mm. and that's where it starts, you know? So I was only four years old and then slowly other memories happened after that to kind of clinch it. Right. And I'm learning, I need, I'm on my own. I need to support myself. I need to not only be responsible for me, but I need to save and protect my mom and my sister, my, you know, the world, you know, and that's what happens is we go mm -hmm. into the masculine and we start feeling responsible for everyone. And part of that is what creates our drive to work, 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 and to make it happen and to have success. That's what happened to me. But then it feels really uncomfortable because yeah. we can't sustain that, right? We burn mm -hmm. out we, and then disease sets in and all that good stuff. Um, but then it feels really uncomfortable to just trust ourselves again and to follow that inspiration because yeah. we learned that it's not safe when really yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's as if like we learned that yeah exactly like that it wasn't safe for us to be in our feminine mm -hmm. exactly and so yeah. many women in our society and in the U.S. especially but you know in any westernized culture is you know when the women's movement happened I have a podcast like what I think about feminine feminism I wrote this or I spoke about it a, a while ago but I always wondered when I was younger, like I would watch, you know, and my mom raised me to be independent, you know, an independent woman and never depend on a man for money. And I would look at that and I would be like, there's something not right. Like, you know, and what I was seeing is that there's, it was almost as if we were rejecting the feminine and felt we needed to be the men. And that's what mm -hmm. I was feeling but I wasn't, you know, quite sure what, and it, of course I hundred percent believe in equal rights for women and men and all of that has nothing to do with that. It has to do yeah. with energy. And mm. what I was seeing was women, you know, and then I, I did it to myself was women not allowing their femininity, not feeling safe to sit in their femininity, you know, their emotions, their creativity, their sensuality, their sexuality, mm. all of that we cut ourselves off from or do it in a way that we think is acceptable or appropriate yeah. or will get us what we want, right? Mm -hmm. So we're shape shifters. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah. you can never feel at peace. You can never feel free as long as you are in resistance to being who you are. Totally. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so true. Um, I liked what you said about um, how we make meaning mm -hmm. from our experiences. Um, so it's so crazy because if there's a woman right now who has like a dream about doing <clears throat> work that she really loves mm -hmm. and she's not allowing herself to do so because years and years ago, something happened either with her parents, with her sibling, with a friend, whatever. And she made a meaning from that. And that experience along with like those other things that happened afterwards that kind of confirmed mm -hmm. the, the initial meaning that she made is holding her back today from having the life that she really wants. Mm -hmm. That's insane to me. And, but it's, it's so true. And, and so I guess that that's the work, right? We have to like uncover all those, those meanings that we made up and all those stories and those beliefs. Here's the and thing with, with the work, because I have seen people get so entrenched in the work and it's another form of resistance. Oh my God. So, tell me more about that. So, you know, especially, you know, like I would, I used to have a lot of women in my groups and I would call them shadow queens. Right. And it's because, and I, myself, I would consider myself one because I loved going into the shadow and the shadow is a coin or a term coined by um, Carl Jung, in case anyone doesn't know where it's the parts of ourselves that we have not accepted or allowed basically mm. the parts of ourselves we're in resistance to. So, mm. you know, um, if you say I am so this, and you want people to know that you are, I am so responsible. If you are that adamant and that you are always so responsible that you definitely have areas where you're irresponsible. You know what I mean? Because oh th there's always both. There's the yin and the yang. They're always there, the light and the dark, right? So when you're doing shadow work, it's about bringing up those different aspects of yourself. And I, for some people, depending on where you are in your process, you might be really resistant to it. Some people aren't ready for that work. Some people are very ready for it. And it, it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Even though it can be like freaky, it can also <laughs> be fun, right? And that, those are my shadow queens, right? And that's kind of how I was. But you can also get stuck in it where you're always looking for more to fix. Oh yeah. You see what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. So, yeah, so for there's sure. so many, so many people out there, you know, you're never done. There's always something mm. new to heal. Actually, there's not. You're either in alignment or you're not. It's not that there's always something new to I heal. I'll get you right to the root. That's what my work does, right? Yeah. That's what you need to heal. You need to reconnect to yourself. That is the healing. When you are connected to yourself, you are in a state of oneness. You are in a state of alignment. You are in a state of balance, the, mm. the feminine and masculine. The work is just rebuilding your trust in being in that. And the more that you do it, the, the more that you'll do it basically. So it's not like, like so many people get stuck uncovering, like uh, there are two beliefs that you have to worry about, two limiting beliefs, you know, the risk people are mean and whatever, women are weak, like whatever these generalized beliefs are really at, at the core, it's I, I matter is a belief that you want and 
I can handle it. If you have, I matter and I can handle it nailed down, you don't have to worry about any other beliefs. Okay. You don't have to unravel all the stories. You don't have to do all of that. You just have to rebuild yourself. Trust. That's what confidence is. Confidence mm. means trust. So if you are acting from the ego, you are not acting from a place of trust, of self-trust. Yeah. Right. Because you can't, when you're acting from the soul, you can't, it's not about figuring out how to keep yourself safe, right? You know, you want to know how, so you know for certain that you're going to make enough money, that you're going to be able to do this or whatever. That's still coming from the ego. When you're coming from the soul, it's about trusting that whatever your soul is telling you in the moment, whatever your inspiration is, whatever the nudge is, whatever your body is saying it needs in that moment is the right thing. Mm just like a child. So yeah. really healing when you can live in balance like that, you're healed. Mm -hmm. That is healing. Healing is balance. It's, it's integrity. And I don't mean integrity by doing the right thing as deemed by other people, you know, you know, morality I actually mean letting go of morality and knowing what's right for you in this yeah. moment from a place of oneness versus the ego. And mm -hmm. every time you act on that, you are rebuilding that trust. You are in integrity and you're true. It's like your body is a lie detector, right? Yeah. So every time you don't act on that, which most of us live in lies and don't even realize mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. right? That affects your physical body. And that's what happens to our nervous system. We end up living in a state of chronic stress, which leads to the burnout. And then all of that unease leads to disease. And we manifest all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. So when they're in that space, they really have to like rebuild that self-trust and start to get in tune with their bodies again. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. Because when all of those little early childhood traumas, not all of them are little, I always say that, and I shouldn't say that because some of them are, are very tragic, but uh, um, those traumas make us not want to be in our body. And that's, oh, that's yeah. what happens when you complete yeah. the stress response. So an animal in the wild, like some deer that's being chased by a predator, you know, or an animal that's being chased by a predator and it goes into the freeze state, right? So you have fight, flight, or freeze. Freeze is where the trauma happens because you didn't complete that cycle. We get stuck in mm. freeze. An animal, the, the predator will go away and the animal who froze will then shake uncontrollably. So like if anyone's ever had any panic attacks and you've experienced like uncontrollable shaking or just from stress where your body just wants to like tremble, that's actually you discharging that experience, that trauma, mm -hmm. that stress, that emotion, and, yeah. and that's completing a stress cycle. And that's, that's one way, but um, that happens naturally in nature for whatever reason, we stop that process. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's what keeps us stuck. Yeah, you're so right. Um, can we talk about a real example about that? Because you made me think of something. Um, and I, I guess I want to talk about this because so many of us women actually go through this. And I, mm -hmm. I was just uh, reading something about that this week. But um, Oops. let's say we talk about sexual assault, mm -hmm. right? That's like we could say like a big T trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've experienced it. And I mm -hmm. think like 
is it like one in five women or something like that? So many I of have us. Two assaults, yeah. one rape for me. Really? None of them traumatized me. Oh and I'm going to tell you why, but keep talking. Okay. Oh, yes. That's, oh, thank you. That's so good. Um, but I, so completing this cycle for me mm-hmm. took um, maybe like eight years, I think, between the time that it mm-hmm. happened, the time that I like first admitted that it happened and like openly talked about it mm-hmm. and the time that my body released mm-hmm. like the thing and the release actually happened like um after like a few years I think I'd been doing yoga for like three years or something and like all the hip openers and all of the like I would like there was one one thing that kind of happened that brought it up for me and then I was doing yoga and like I had just like I was feeling so safe in my body and it just all came up and it like mm-hmm. started crawl, like bawling and and all of that so so yeah it just made me think of that of like that that whole cycle of like how sometimes it takes so much time for mm-hmm. for the herd to just like for us to feel safe enough to allow it to bubble up and and like heal. And after that, when it's done, I feel like we can, we feel so much freer and we can finally open up because like, let's say for me with that, um, I, after that, I actually felt so much safer in my relationships with men Mm -hmm. and in my body. And I just felt so much more connected to myself. Yeah. Right. Exactly. In your body. So you can actually have a true intimate relationship because it, as long as we're disconnected from ourselves, we actually can't experience true connection yeah. with someone else because you're not really being yourself. You're first of all, you're not present to experience it in your body fully. You might think you are intellectually, but you're not mm. really when you start like, learning how to get back yeah. into your body. You're and like going through the motions. Exactly. Yeah. And you also can't, you'll never fully feel seen or heard in a relationship until you can do that for yourself. Oh yeah. That's so right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell me about your experience. So what happened in, I actually have a video on this. I remember I made the video on my rape experience, like the day I put it, it took me like two years to make it. I was scared to put it out there. And I finally put it out there. It was like the day before all of the Harvey Weinstein stuff happened. It was like really weird timing. And I talk about this in the video, but I, I fully understand it now. Like it was like coming through me in the video, like that was helping me process and understand it, but I really understand it now. And what happened was, um, so from at 13, I was bullied by a girl, right. For, I, I was dressing, like I would just, I was always into fashion and I was finally allowed to wear whatever I wanted. And I just started expressing myself through fashion and every day she and her friends, really her would like tear me up for it, right? And this went on for, I don't know, I don't know how long it went on, probably a few weeks because I don't think I lasted that long after she was doing it. But what happened was I completely shut down and then I just started, I was like, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of any of this at the time. This is, you know, me looking, looking back. back. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I completely shut down and started not caring at all. Like I didn't want to show that I cared about myself, right? Mm. So- I then um, would, I was like in junior high, so 13, like eighth grade. Um, And I remember like from that point on for about a year and a half, 
I was just like getting more and more depressed. Right. And just, you know, really it's like hiding because I couldn't express myself anymore. I felt like I couldn't. Right. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I was just feeling more and more powerless. Right. So that's my vibe. Number one. And that's important, which I'll come to in a second, but my vibe is, is powerlessness. And what happened was I had this one friend that I'll put in quotes, um, who I used to hang out with a lot. And we lived really close to each other after school. It was a guy and we were, I was never attracted to him or anything like that. He was just a friend to me. And I didn't even feel like that from him necessarily or whatever. We had like a larger group of friends too, but what I would go to his house after school a lot, his mom worked and we would just hang out and stuff. And then this one day he pinned me down on the bed and it was kind of, I was sitting there and it was kind of out of the blue and he pinned me down and I was like, what's happening? And he, and you know, I didn't say that, but I was thinking that. And, and he was like, you know, saying stuff. I don't remember exactly what he was saying, but like, he just had this look in his eye. Like he was enjoying having me pinned to the bed. And I was like, let me up. And he was like, no, no, or whatever. And I froze or whatever. And finally, I don't know how, but I got free and I just ran out of the house and went home. So like weeks or months go by and I'm at his house again. Okay. I shouldn't have done that obviously. Right. But you know, he was, you a didn't friend. trust yourself. Exactly. He, he yeah. was a friend like, and that's part of the problem. It's like, oh, you know, we'll make excuses. And that's why mm -hmm. so many women have trouble talking about it is because they didn't do the right thing. What people say they should do. So they don't want to talk about it. You know, yeah. like I would have told myself, you should never speak to him again, but I didn't, I was like, well, you know, did he really mean that or whatever? So I, I was found myself in this similar situation. And again, I was just, you know, pinned down and it was like out of the blue again. And he wouldn't let me up. And then all of a sudden someone was banging at the door and it was another, a few of our friends and he was just silent. And I was like, you know, looking at him, like I wasn't saying anything, but he wanted them to go away. And finally I was like, we're here or whatever. And then he like, let me up and I opened the door. And then it was just like, I was there with my friends or whatever. And I left shortly after that. And I did that, that stuck with me obviously for many years. And I can see now how like it perfectly plays into everything that I've done and created. Um, but what was happening was I was fleeing right? So I was getting away and I was fleeing. Now in the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now okay. during this time, um, maybe like the summer, I think it was the summer I was 15. Uh, yeah, I was 15 years old and it was the summer and it was still after being bullied and before I kind of gotten over that. So th th this bracket of time, and I went to the shore, the Jersey shore with my friends. <clears throat> I live on the East coast. And, you know, <laughs> we went with my friends, her boyfriend's family, his parents, they, a big house on the beach or whatever. And it was like me and two girlfriends and then him and his best friend and his parents and his brother, I think. And one night she and him, they got in a fight. So we went out and like walk down the street, you know, she was just mad or whatever, but we were walking and there was like a house of guys, like college guys or whatever, not sure, but they were having a party. So we went up to the house and normally I was actually very outgoing life of the party type of girl. That's just my personality. But for whatever reason, 
and during this phase of my life, I was much more dimmed, but also this night, like I just was very closed off. I remember I didn't want to be there. And that was abnormal for me because I would have been the first one to be like, Hey, let's party or whatever. But there was this guy, he was this big guy from Hawaii, this big Hawaiian guy. He told me that, um, I forget his name, but he was like really built. And, you know, at first he was talking to the three of us and then we were kind of like, just like meeting different people or whatever and hanging out, but he kept following me and in a creepy way. And he was like, your eyes, you're this, you're that, like kept saying different things. And um, finally we left, we didn't stay very long and we left and we walked back and unbeknownst to me, he had followed us. So we were, we went in the room, her, her and her boyfriend were like doing things or whatever. Anyway, I am in the room with the two girls and he walks in. So he just came into the sliding thing and he's like kind of drunk and, you know, like thinking it's funny and we're like, this is not cool or whatever. When like we hit him in the closet and then the two girls went out because then the guys were coming. Yeah. It was this whole big thing. The guys were coming. I forget. I don't know. It's like bits and pieces or whatever, but I remember so like I was just sitting there scared to death and I remember him like I'm not going to go into all the details but I do I I tell more in the video that I made but just him like holding me like pinning my arms and me in the free state so this is like happening like he's going there it's happening and I feel like I can't speak I am just totally frozen my throat is frozen my body is frozen and I felt so guilty about that for a long time until I understood why this was all happening, but um, like how it works. Anyway, so it was like that for a while. And I remember someone opening the door and I, I said, no, like I was trying to say no to him and they started to open the door and I said no and they shut it. Like I was talking to them. And I remember, I don't know if it was at that point or what, but like something in me at some point clicked and I went ballistic. And I started pummeling the guy and he was like, what the fuck or whatever, you know, screaming. And then everyone busts in and they're like, what's going on? And he's like, this is, you know, I forget what he was saying, like blaming me. I'm crazy or something. I don't know what he was saying, but I was screaming, crying. Like I lost it on the guy, physically lost it on the guy. And they're all just standing there. And then they kick him out. Like he leaves, like, I don't even know that they had to kick him out, but he was like leaving or whatever. The parents came down. They didn't understand what was going on. They were weird. But um, I remember just like crying and crying, crying myself to sleep with my friends. And then, you know, kind of processing it a little while after that. And at some point after that, I remember going back to school the next year and things were different. It was like, I had made a decision that I'm not going to be that anymore. And this is not victim blaming. This is not my fault that I was, you know, it's not, none of that was my fault. That's not what I mean. But I, I remember feeling so disempowered in my life in general. And, you know, it's, it's proven they show when predators, you know, they've done studies where they'll have predators watch different women or different people walk and all the predators will pick the same people and it's because they're looking for someone who looks like they can overpower and that's how I felt at that time in my life I felt really disempowered and I remember and I of course was not aware of this as a 15 and 16 year old but I made the decision that I'm that's not going to be me anymore 
and I started like taking care of myself again. And I went back to school and, you know, wearing trendy clothes and, and what had happened looking back on it was that I actually completed that stress cycle, yeah. the trauma. So yeah. it allowed me to make those changes. It allowed me to move forward where something as seemingly as innocent as me getting yelled at for playing in the dirt, I actually didn't complete that. So that yeah. one affected my whole life. Whereas the rape one was like, you know, people would talk about it and I could talk about it so easily. And that would offend some people where it would be like, how can you talk about it like that? Or what? And it bothered me that it offended them. So I would look into that. Like, why, why is it so easy for me to talk? Why don't I feel traumatized by that? And it was because I completed the stress cycle. That's so crazy. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that our bodies can do that. It's not. <laughs> oh no. You know for, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for for okay. someone who's, who's trying to heal or from serious trauma or going through that, you should actually put a trigger warning on this. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Because, for sure. because it can be very debilitating and it can be very hard. Like, you know, yeah. for you, it took you eight years. Um, and even knowing what to do, it can take a while depending on what the trauma is. So yeah, my best friend, uh, no one like who's going to watch this even knows who she is. So that's, mm -hmm. it's fine that I'm saying this, but she, um, also like was sexually assaulted. And I want to say this because I don't want anyone who's watching this to feel shame about who or what or anything that happened. Um, but for me and for her, it was both a family member mm -hmm. and that happens so often. Like they say that the majority of cases happens like from someone who you trust and who, you know, and, and mm -hmm. all of that. Um, so yeah, I guess like, I really, I'm glad that we're talking about this and I don't want any woman who watches this, who has ever been through that to feel like she's alone and to feel like it's not possible for her to heal from it and move from it and to feel powerful again afterwards. Yeah. Exactly. Um, because yeah, it's just, I just want her to know that I'm, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really glad. So important. Like this is exactly why I want to do a podcast like this. It's mm -hmm. so cool. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm really glad. Yeah. I hope that um, helps someone to know not because I did, I felt a lot of shame in yeah. the moment, especially, and even afterwards, like looking back, like, oh, you know, I should have said something sooner or even with my friend, like, how could I keep hanging out with him? Like beating myself up for yeah. that. And yeah, no shame. I mean, you have to work through the shame and yeah. complete that response, but you can absolutely heal. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And even if it's, and I don't want to discount this, the, because some assaults, they can seem small compared to like a full, like, you know, mm -hmm. rape. Um, but being like, if someone, like if some guy slaps your ass without mm -hmm. like, and you don't like that, and because obviously like if you're not, uh, if you didn't want that anyways, mm -hmm. like even like that or some, someone talking to you in a, in a certain way. And it's, 
if we don't feel like we have permission to speak up for ourselves, we are going to feel powerless about that thing, even exactly. if we look back and think it was so small, like it shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. But there it's are true. some, yeah. It can be minuscule, but if it feels like your boundary has been crossed and you didn't defend yourself, that's what erodes us. That's what yeah. gnaws at you. That's what, you know, builds and builds and builds inside. And it can be very tiny. I remember one of my memories, it actually came up while I was processing another memory. It was like a quick came up for me, but I remember being really little, maybe like four again, four or five years old. And I always had a big, I'm Italian. I have a big Italian family on both sides or whatever. And I remembered um, like my mom, everyone, my mom, my dad, my uncles, my aunts, like everyone sitting around my living room, just like eating and talking and laughing. And my mom was changing me for bed and she like, you know, quickly ripped off my clothes or whatever. And she was putting on my pajamas and my uncle like pinched my butt and not in a creepy way, just in a like, you know, oh, she's so cute kind of way. Right. But in that memory, it came up and I, you know, when I was processing it, it was like, my body is sacred was like the message that I got. Like mm. as a child, I didn't like it. I felt mm. a boundary was crossed, even though he meant nothing yeah. of the kind. Right. But you know, sometimes they do, but whatever, it didn't matter. It was my boundary, you know? And another thing was when I was little, I didn't like kissing and hugging people. And I, again, come from a big Italian family where everyone hugs and kisses and, or whatever. And I didn't like that unless it was like my mom, my dad, intimate people. I didn't want to kiss and hug all my aunts and uncles. Right. And I would be like, get away, get away, get away. And thankfully my parents let me have those boundaries. But yeah. a lot of times we're told like, no, give so-and-so a hug, give, yeah. you know, and it teaches children to ignore their own boundaries or that, that feeling of having their boundary cross doesn't mm -hmm. matter or isn't right. And then when stuff more serious happens, it's scary to say no, it's scary to defend yourself. And then we go into, it's not a big deal or whatever. And then we live with yeah. that eating away at our soul, at our, you know, yeah. our self-esteem. You're so right. Um, I don't, I would love to know where this comes from, but I do know mm -hmm. that I think it's universal for most women um, that we don't feel like we have the right to, to speak up about what doesn't feel right or that we question mm -hmm. what does and doesn't feel right for us. And that, I feel like it, it starts so young and I don't know if, if it's because we're not taught how to trust that and like how to tap into our intuition. Um, but it starts so early and it's so simple. And it's like, if you, because the, the thing about being pinned down by, by your friend, mm -hmm. uh, I had a similar story about like going home to like this guy's house that I like thought I liked and, but just like wanted to be friends with. And turns out like he was only interested in like, like I, we got home and like, he straight away took me to his room and like, we sat on his bed and he like kissed me and I was like, okay, this is not why I came here. <laughs> But I felt, I felt, I really felt like it wasn't right, but I, it's as if like, I questioned my own thing that made sense or that felt right. And exactly. I, and I thought he must know best. Mm -hmm. I was like, if he's doing this, he must know best. Yeah. But that's how it felt like, mm -hmm. oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't question this because if it was wrong, he wouldn't be doing it. But how many times in life, like, does this happen where we let other people do things and we're like, 
not setting those boundaries and not honoring how we feel because we think other people know better than we do about like what's best for us or what's mm-hmm. right. And then it like, that's just, it, it has to do with everything. And then like mm-hmm. we grow up as women and then we have like these lives and these careers and these relationships. And it's so important to learn how to, to, to trust what does feel right and not it comes let, back to trust. Yeah. Not let that guide us in making our decisions. And I think that's like, goes back to like when we started, that's why things feel so hard sometimes is like, we don't trust that feeling of mm-hmm. what feels easy. And we look to others for what we should be doing and exactly. like how we should be doing things and who the way that we should be and all that. And then that makes things hard. Mm-hmm. And then that blocks things from happening that we want. Exactly. So you're really letting other people dictate your life. And then we have a life that doesn't feel good. Yeah. You know, even if we think like for me, I created all of that success um, in the fashion industry and from the outside, it looked great, but really it wasn't my life. Like I yeah. created it in a way where I felt like I needed these things out there to feel what I wanted to feel on the inside. And so we go about it. It's actually manipulation. When you look at it underneath, we're actually manipulating our way into something we think we need. Mm -hmm. And then we end up, we can't feel happy or free because we're actually not living the life that we're supposed to be living. Yeah. And I heard you talk about this, um, how you had actually used the law of attraction to manifest that life, Mm -hmm. but it, it's not because you use the law of attraction that it actually ended up being what you really wanted. Right. So we can manifest things that. Yeah. It was the way I was using it. So it was exactly. Yeah. And that's what led me to create my first program. Easy peasy LOA was I was looking back on like, you know, I'm such a great manifester in some areas. Why does it work for me sometimes and not others or, you know, for this thing and not this thing. And that, that's when I really started to dissect it. And I came up with my steps that I teach in my program to mm-hmm. make sure that it's aligned with who you really are, what you really want, and you're letting go of the ego. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I have, because uh, I know we're approaching the hour, but I wanted you to talk to me about the course that you have coming up. Easy money. Yeah. 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 So easy money. And that is spelled E A S E hyphen Y money. And it's spelled that way because, you know, when I came out, my quest was for freedom and ease, you know, everything felt so hard and I thought I wanted easy. Right. And I love easy. Like things are easy for me a lot of the time, but what I was really searching for was to feel at ease. Mm -hmm. which is a little bit different. And it's really that Mm -hmm. inner peace that we were talking about. And so easy money is a program for women who, you know, they've created, some of them have created a lot of success. Like I have a lot of financial success and it's about, um, but in the red zone, right. And it's about women who are, are working in the red zone and they want to go from red to blue. So from that feast or famine kind of like, even though I had hundreds of thousands of dollars, I was still in feast or famine. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like you could be Mm -hmm. a billionaire and still feel lack 
And that's mm-hmm. what was happening. So it's about switching around that program. So, so you don't have to sacrifice your health or your wealth. So basically it's for women who want to feel at ease and alive again without sacrificing their health or their wealth. And that's what it feels like when you're in the red zone. It's like, oh, if I stop doing this, I'm not going to have any money, but my health is tanking. But if Mm -hmm. I focus on my health, then how am I going to make money? And it's this constant battle where we go back and forth. And that program is a much more intense program than my other easy peasy LOA program, which is kind of like foundational manifesting. This Mm -hmm. one um, is next level. It's much deeper. We get into the traumas, but it's also fun. There's a lot of fun stuff in there too. Yeah. Do you think we have trouble um, believing that we can have both? Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're tweaking, you know, that's kind of because we're taught, you know, that self-trust when that self-trust is broken, we're essentially believing that we can no longer have both. Right. And we start putting other people or, you know, we think it's outside of ourselves instead of listening to that inner voice that we have Mm -hmm. that knows, you know? Yeah. Uh, Like, like you were talking about before, like, you know, women learning to use their intuition and stuff. It's not learning. It's relearning. Like we had it down when we came into this world, we were fine. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the conditioning that screwed us up. So it's about uncovering that again, recovering that and Mm -hmm. relearning all of that, retrusting, rebuilding that trust. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And you're coming out with it soon, I think, right? Yeah, it is soon. I don't have a date for it yet. I've been working on it, but if you follow me on Instagram at I am Susan F or on Facebook, facebook.com slash I am Susan F you will definitely see that come out. And my mm-hmm. site is, my main site is easydoesit.com. And that's also spelled E-A-S-E hyphen Y does it.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I look forward to seeing that come out. I'm so excited Me because, too. yeah, because you're taking, you had a, this was like a group coaching program before, right? I think. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. did like one-on-one. Yeah, it was Um, I did, I do, when I work one-on-one, I use a lot of the tools from this program and Mm -hmm. then it was a group coaching program. So it was smaller, but I'm making it more DIY now so it Mm -hmm. can reach a broader audience. So I'm excited. That's so cool. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having (laughs) me. It was such a great conversation. Yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we got to talk about this. And I really, really love talking about like how we can have the life that we want and why it's possible for us to like have it all and, and do it our own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really like talking about those experiences that so many of us actually go through, but often feel shame about and yeah. feel like it, it kind of stops us until we can actually like move through it. So I'm really glad. I'm glad I, I hadn't heard that story. I watched so many of your... <laughs> your videos and I had an old video yeah. yeah yeah I hadn't seen I hadn't seen that so I'm really glad so thank you so much thank you for having me <laughs> so um I'll link your your things that okay. you just said and um yeah I'm just so grateful I'm grateful too thanks <laughs> thank you Susan all, all right. right take care take care bye bye <laughs> Thank you so
so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and found something valuable. I'd love to talk to you about something I've created. If you found yourself feeling overwhelmed by business and if a lot of the advice out there doesn't resonate with you, I'd like to invite you to consider my coaching program, Biz Made Easy. In this program, I walk you through the simple business principles you need to create a sustainable business that feels good and that feels easy. It's everything you need to do things your way and use your intuition to guide you in your business journey. Combined with that, we dive into the mindset and healing work that finally allows you to show up fully in your business, be comfortable being seen, feel confident with what you know right now, trust yourself in your ideas, and believe that your dreams are, in fact, possible. It's a lifetime access program with six modules walking you through tools and principles you need for business and mindset. Plus, the program includes live coaching rounds where we meet multiple times a year for six weeks of live coaching and working on your business and mindset together. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I'll also leave more info in the show notes about it. And if it sounds like a right fit, I would love to welcome you into the program, see you and your business grow, and create a beautiful space for you to do business your way.